edition of Sunday Morning Live from Fresh Fire Church. Today's message from Pastor Adam will encourage and strengthen your walk with Christ. If you would like to be a partner with Fresh Fire Church for $15 a month or more, become our patron on Podbean or visit freshfirechurch.net. And now, let's join the service. Yes. We'll bless the Lord at all times. Praise will always be on our lips, the Bible declares. Amen. I will bless the Lord forever. Hallelujah. Forever and ever. Hallelujah. It means in the good and the bad, in depressing times and times of joy, we'll bless him all the time. In every situation. Hallelujah. Yes, in every situation. See, you'll be, you'll be tested on that. Yeah. It means we won't lose our mind. We won't uh, lose our peace in the middle of trouble. Yes, we had a good time of praise and worship last week, and then trouble will hit. And the Lord will say, will you, will you praise me now? Will you still bless my name now? Amen. We, uh, I didn't even get home last week before I got the call. Mom was taken by ambulance to the hospital, right? Uh, all of those things because he'll say, will you, will, will you really bless me? Will, will you bless me when I put the heat on you? Will you bless me when I add a little bit, allow a little bit more stress to your life, right? And so God needs to know you and I, what is going to help you and I maintain our peace is if we can maintain an attitude of gratitude and just bless him anyway, just to be able to give God praise, even when it isn't perfect, even when it isn't right, even when there's things that are wrong in our life. It, there are some things that we lose our, our peace over that are completely out of our control anyway. Right? How many, th- how many things that we worry about that we can't even control anyway? I know you and I would like to, but we can't control them, right? Even though we'd like to control people, you and I can't. Even though some of us are control freaks, right? I, uh, Gloria, I'm a control freak, right? I, if I'm not careful, I like to get my hands on things and fix it. Just let me in there, right? The ladies at the office will tell you when something's wrong, I'm just like, sort of get out of my way. I'll fix it, right? But see, God needs to know that sometimes we'll, we'll just be all right saying, I, 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 I don't have to be in control of this, but God, I'll bless you anyhow. God, I don't know how this will work out, but I will praise you anyhow. God, I don't know if they'll ever forgive me or like me again, but I'll praise you anyhow. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. I'm not going to lose peace over it, right? But we're just going to bless you anyway. Hallelujah. Yes. I've had to learn that over the years, just, just to give him praise anyway, anyhow. Praise God. How are you today? I'm glad to hear that. Some of you anyway, right? Hallelujah, hallelujah. For everybody that's watching online, we love you. We miss you if you're usually here. And for everybody that's just our regular watchers, aren't you glad for them? Amen. I'm thankful for them and glad they're always there. And for the folks that are watching on TV, we appreciate you too. We have some loyal viewers, I'll tell you. Uh, every time we have a food distribution, people are like, I watch you on TV. I watch you. I go to Walmart or wherever, and people just, they're loyal, and I'm grateful for that. We're glad they watch, aren't you? But we would encourage them to come and participate and uh, be a part and join us here in person. Amen? So if you're able and you're watching, come join. We'd love to have you and have you part of our family. We'll grow our family. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Don't get quiet on me now. 
Amen, amen. You know, the last couple of weeks I've been trying to preach sheltered by the shepherd, and I haven't been able to get very far. And so we, we spent two weeks in Psalms 91, and if you remember back when I started it, I said the Lord kept speaking to me, Psalms 91, Psalms 23. Psalms 91, Psalms 23. And now that I kind of went through this week, I'm realizing why the Lord was speaking those two chapters to me. And so we spent the last two weeks in Psalms 91. I think today, I'm just going to fast forward a little bit. We're going to jump over to Psalms 23. I think it's appropriate. We've preached Psalms 23. Uh, we've been there, done that. Most of us have grew up having to learn it, memorize it, quote it, right? And yet, without a lot of times the real powerful information that's in there, it's great to be able to quote it, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, right? But to really understand it, right? How many of you know that sometimes we just read the Bible and we're like, huh? I grew up in church. My dad was a pastor, and I was like, huh? And everybody would always ask me, the Sunday school teachers would always ask me like I was supposed to know. Like somehow I had a doctorate way before my years. And that, I was just sort of, huh? I don't know. I, I don't know this genealogy stuff, please. And so it wasn't until later in life I started understanding. And sometimes you and I will read a scripture, read a chapter, and it will never make sense. And then one day it just becomes real. It, one day it just makes sense to you. The Holy Spirit will, really, will reveal it to you. That's why I tell people, don't get discouraged if you read something in the Bible that you just don't understand. Don't, don't get discouraged by that because uh, you need to understand that it will make sense eventually, all right? Eventually, at some point, sometime, uh, the Holy Spirit will, will reveal it to you. And so don't, don't allow it to stress you out and uh, make you feel like you don't know something uh, or that you should know more. It's not that way at all. Eventually, you'll, you'll know it and you'll understand it, amen? And, and, and the Holy Spirit re will reveal it to you. And so uh, relax and just keep reading, all right. We get discouraged when we read and don't understand it. Just keep reading. All right. And, and eventually it will make sense. It will be revealed to you. Hallelujah. So today we're going to go to Psalms 23. And we'll pop back and forth to Psalms 91 probably next week a little bit, but because I know I'm not going to get through it all today. There's so much goodness. But uh, eventually we'll, we'll get back to Psalms 91 a little bit as we, as we wind up this little mini-series we've been doing, uh, Sheltered by the Shepherd, helping you and I understand God's place in our life, that we are truly sheltered. That's why you and I don't have to worry about losing our peace or losing our mind, that we're covered by him protected by him that he goes before us and he protects us and even when things look like they're out of control he has you and I protected that we're we're guarded and we're guided by him and so when we can understand that about God when we can understand that uh, 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 just just how big of a God that he is over us and around us that's what we were saying as as we were opening this morning before we went into worship that that that, that I really in a lot of ways some of us shouldn't even be here but it's by the grace of God that we are here. That, that helps me right there to know that I am already sheltered by the shepherd. The, the fact that some of us survive things that we never should have survived lets me understand that I, I absolutely, absolutely am sheltered. I'm covered by him, right? That, that he has been with me, that he is for me and not against me. Amen. And so we can, we can just, uh, we can give God praise and glory for that. So let's begin. We'll look in Psalms 23. Hallelujah. It's only a couple of verses of scripture. All right, look at this. It says, the, you, you know it, I'm sure. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. 
He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Verse 4, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before, before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup runs over. Oh, hallelujah. But verse 6, final verse, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. Some good stuff. We're going to take our time. That's why I said I won't get through with it today and, and go through this uh, little verse by verse today. And I'll lay a little foundation for you. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Uh, we'll start there with verse one in a moment. But I want you to, to I want to just lay a foundation right from the start that God wants you and I to be able to be at a place of stillness and peace. In fact, over the last couple of weeks, we've mentioned peace quite a bit where we can maintain peace in our life. How many of you know peace is sometimes a hard thing to hold on to? Amen. I mean, you know, when everything is going on around us with all the things that we can hear in the news or on the TV and with social media and with just complicated people in our life, having stillness is a hard place to sometimes be, right? Where, where, we, we, where, where we don't get caught up in the whirlwind. That's why I believe God was preparing us a few weeks ago for this past week of all the craziness that would erupt. He was saying, I need you to understand you are being sheltered by the shepherd. So take refuge and, and maintain your peace in the midst of it all. God wants you and I to be able to be at a place of stillness and a place of peace. Amen. Where, where our life doesn't have to look like or feel like we're in a hurricane or a tornado all the time. Amen. How, how many know that sometimes I feel like, and sometimes my life even looks like it, I, I, it, there was a hurricane, right? I'm not talking about necessarily the natural, but you just feel that way. How many of, a, how many of you like me go to bed at night and you're just like, what was that today, right? I felt like that every day this past week, getting ready for the funeral, mom in, in, in the hospital, getting all those tests, not knowing the outcomes of it, all the awful stuff going on. We were getting ready for the food distribution, all, all the craziness of the week, and then just the, the normal issues that we face and whatnot, problems here and problems there and, and all this. So I would go to bed. I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, everything that can be shaken will be shaken, the Bible says, and that which remains, well, Lord, that's of you. So, Lord, I'm still here. So uh, it, it must be part of your plan. God wants you and I to be able to maintain a stillness and a peace that even though life might look like a hurricane or a tornado, that, that within us, there's not turbulence of any kind. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? That we can be able to maintain such a peace that even if everything around us is like a hurricane, that deep within us, we are able to hold on to our peace. I don't have to lose my temper. I don't have to lose it on some innocent poor being. Lois doesn't have to be the brunt of my anger anymore. I can maintain a peace. Amen, Lois? Hallelujah. Come on, let's face it. We all lose it at some point. 
let's not try to make it look like being a Christian is always easy. And even as the preacher, I don't ever lose my cool. You just haven't got close enough yet. All right. Everyone will lose their coal. Even Jesus says, be angry, but sin not. Anger is going to happen. Oh, yes. Sometimes we get angry, but what God wants you to be able to say, you can get angry, but believe it or not, not lose your peace. Do you know that's possible? Meaning I can be angry about a situation, but I don't have to lose the inner peace that's in me. I can get angry. I can have an emotion of angry, but I'm going to stay peaceful. I can disagree with you and still be peaceful. Amen. That means we can disagree with our spouse and not have to scream and yell. Can you believe that? I mean, that's what the Bible's teaching. I grew up knowing what screaming and yelling was and throwing stuff. You know what I mean? That was normal in our house. Mom's not here, so I can tell you. Right? But, but, I, but I've told you things. Even a few weeks ago, I told you about things that I endured and witnessed and, and, and things like that as a child. And so it was normal. And so it took me a while to understand what God meant about peace is that, hey, you can disagree but not lose peace. You can disagree and not get violent. How about that? Wow, God, thanks. Right? See, so much of our world and even in the church, we've, we've brought those things in and, and we don't realize that I can disagree with people on all kinds of things, but I don't have to get violent. I don't have to take a hold of them. I don't have to jump out of my car, right? I don't have to uh, scream at them on social media, right? I can maintain a peace, right? That, that's what God wants you and I to realize is that there's a place of stillness and peace he wants you and I to get to. That, that's the reason that that's really going to be the secret of the times that we are living in for the body of Christ. Wow, the world that we live in is losing its mind. I mean, come on. I can't barely even watch the news because everyone is losing their minds. Craziness is erupting, right? Places that used to be peaceful aren't peaceful anymore. Crazy things we thought would never happen are happening. Yet God is wanting you and I to get the revelation of this, of what it is to be sheltered by him so that you and I don't lose our mind too. That no matter what happens in the White House or in Washington or in Harrisburg, you and I can maintain and have peace. Because at the end of the day, I'm sheltered by the shepherd. At the end of the day, none of that matters. He is my covering. He is my guiding force. Amen. And because of him, I'll maintain peace. Amen. Doesn't matter how expensive stuff gets, I'm going to maintain my peace. Do you know that every time I go to the store, I prophesy the whole way through Walmart. I, I just declare there is enough money. There is enough money. When I swipe this card, it's going to say approved and not, not you know, denied, right? Because I just declare and decree. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That, that the God I serve, he has me covered. He has you and I covered so they can keep hiking prices, gas can keep going up. I, I'm not telling you to deny the facts. I'm telling you I believe truth over fact. I'm telling you I believe the truth of his word that I am sheltered by him, meaning that, that that's why the Bible says, as we looked at last week, that, that a thousand can fall on one side, 10,000 the other, but it won't come near me. In other words, it ain't going to affect me. And it won't affect you. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? I, I go to Walmart and I just thank God, Lord, I thank you. Inflation isn't going to affect me. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? You need to have that attitude. Lord, I thank you that when I put gas in this car or I got to do this or I got to pay this little bill, inflation won't affect me. Why? Because his word said so. I'm sheltered by the shepherd. That means he has me covered. That means if they're going to raise prices, he's going to send more revenue my way. That's how I trust God. I'm telling you the honest truth. I stood out of my yard and talked to a neighbor in the community. She said, my electric's been off. I'm sure you noticed. I didn't notice. 
I don't pay no mind to nobody else. She said, it's been off for days. I said, I'm really sorry. And so she started, it's really hard. She said, when I look over at you as my neighbor and I just see you blessed. I said, what are you talking about? I said, I know what it is to have power shut off. I know what it is to have gas shut off or have a car repoed or not be able to pay a credit card bill or wonder how I'm going to eat or, or go to the dollar store, get a couple things of, 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 you know, oodles of noodles and that's breakfast, lunch and dinner. I said, don't be, don't be confused just because you see me carrying in something decent or because you see me wearing a suit. Did you know this suit came from a rent-to-rent-to-own place? Do you know I had to save money to be able to go to Burlington to buy this cheap suit? Do you understand? I said, don't always look at things and think you know what's up with someone. I said, you have no idea. I know what it is to be there, somebody. I said, but there's a difference. When I got the revelation of what it is to be sheltered by the shepherd, and I begin to understand that he is my resource above anything else. Then I realized when I look at a bill that looks impossible, I think that bill compared to my God, nothing is impossible with God. A thousand can fall at one side, 10,000 at the other, but it won't come near me. When I begin to get that kind of faith and belief, God just started being able to bless. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God will be able to bless you. But instead, you and I often look at a checkbook or a government check or something like that as our resource. God says, no, that is not your resource. I am your resource. That is what you and I have to begin to understand. I don't care what disability I've been labeled with. I was disabled years ago, and then I couldn't work at the bank anymore. All those things, they, they try to put a name on you, and, and they'll say, this is what you have to live on. No, that's wrong. God is my resource. You have to put your faith and trust in that and believe that above all things, he is your resource. And if you and I can get a hold of that and begin to believe in that kind of truth, you'll be able to have peace in the midst of turbulence. If anybody's ever been on an airplane, and you know what it is when you hit turbulence and that thing drops? Oh, hallelujah. I mean, it'll make you shout. Some of you will speak in tongues that never spoke in tongues, I can promise you. There's people that never believed in. They'll be shi-da-da-da-bo-sata. I mean, that because you'll want the Holy Ghost to catch you in the air. You're, you're just praying, God, reach down your hand. Right? I mean, it will scare you. You think this is it. Lord, save my soul. I mean, you'll try everything. I'm telling you, it's scary. And if you've never been in it, then just come with me. We'll throw you off the steeple of this church, and then you'll see what I'm talking about. All right? We'll have to call the fire company to put something down to catch you. But, I mean, whew, Lord, it will, it will scare you. But people who are experienced flyers and fly all the time, they, their face doesn't even move. They're just sort of like they're used to it. I have a pastor friend that, you know, he's flown through stuff and he's been to our church and preached and he'll fly through anything. Nothing phases him. He told me one time that he was in turbulence and they dropped 5,000 feet in like no time. And he was totally cool. People were screaming. The oxygen masks were flying down and everyone was panicking, you know, and he, he said, I'm just sitting there just listening to my music. I'm like, you are all kinds of crazy. But the truth of the matter is, is he's in the midst of turbulence because he's used to it. He understood who God, and he knew what was, it was, he knew it was going to be all right anyway, but he was already secure in his salvation anyway. So he had nothing to fear. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's the kind of response God wants you and I to have when everything's going wrong. Just sitting there, chilling, crossing our feet, realizing, yep, I'm in some turbulence right now. I could crash, but I'm sheltered by the shepherd. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh, so the next time you all get on an airplane and you get a little scared in the turbulence, just remember that, right? I'm sheltered by the shepherd. Just, just, just relax. Maintain your peace. The same thing's true in the turbulence of this life. We are sheltered by the shepherd. Hallelujah. 
See, let, let me put it this way. You, you can deal with the chaos around you until the chaos gets in you. How many of you have ever been around crazy people and then suddenly you started acting crazy? <laughs> Am I just preaching myself today? Right? There's been times when I'm hanging around people, I'm like, this, this family is all kinds of crazy. And then one day I realized, you know, they're, they're crazy God in me. I'm starting to act like them. I've hung around them too long, right? God is trying to say to you and I that, that you and I have the ability to deal with craziness and, and turmoil all around us. But once that turmoil gets in us, then it's a little bit of a different story, right? When the chaos gets in you, it's, it's detrimental to you and I. This is why you and I have to be careful. It's detrimental because it begins to deteriorate what God wants to do through you. See, when, when you allow people's chaos and the turmoil and the struggles of life to not just be external, but get within you and disrupt your soul, get, get, disrupt your mind, your will, and your emotions. That's what our soul's made of, your, your mind, your will, and your emotions. So when you and I start worrying and freaking out, you're allowing what's going on on the outside to get get mess you up on the inside and God's saying I've come remember he said in John 10 10 he's come that you and I might have life and have it more abundantly meaning that no matter what's going on around us that you and I can maintain a peace that passes all understanding that I don't have to lose my mind and freak out meaning I can hang around crazy and crazy won't get in me right right I mean I can hang around Geneva and and Geneva won't get in me right Hallelujah. I, I decided to pick on somebody different than Lois. I mean, we can go to, yeah, yeah, amen. Harley is an example of what I just said. He has been married to crazy many years, and crazy hadn't yet got in him. Hallelujah. <laughs> Geneva knows I love her, and I'm joking. Means I can go to my in-laws and hang out, right? And, and they're crazy, ain't going to affect me. How many of you know that when we're, we're young in relationships, our in-laws can freak us out. They'll make us mad. It'll cause disruption. But what I've learned is I don't have to let their dysfunction get to me. I, I, I get to visit and leave. And their opinion of you and I, our opinion of other people in our lives, our family, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. You can like me or not, hallelujah. It really don't matter to me. I've gotten such a, a, a peace and a confidence in who God has created me to be. I don't need a long list of people who like me or dislike me. And whatever their preference is, it doesn't matter. I'm going to maintain my peace anyway. I don't need your approval or your disapproval because your crazy isn't going to affect me. My peace doesn't come from who likes me. My peace does not come from whether there's money in the bank or not. My peace does not come from uh, 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 how many folks come to church and how many people are missing. My peace doesn't come from any of the things that go wrong in a day but, or any of the things that go right. My peace is something that's internal. It's not based on external circumstances. So you and I have got to know that when, when, when uh, Psalms 23, when we begin to look at this, he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I'm going to realize that there's someone that goes before me. I'm covered and I'm, and I'm protected. So, so remember last week we looked at Psalms 91 and says that we're, we're covered with his feathers. In other words, right at the very end, I said, in order for anything to get to you, it first has to get through him. That's, that's a reason right there that you and I should maintain and hold on to peace. That if you were dealing with something right now, it didn't catch God by surprise. The only way it got in, into your, your realm, into your being, is because God said, I'll let that pass through because I know they can handle it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God said, yeah, I'll let that get by. Yeah, devil, you can, you can you know, mess with him a little bit because I know he can handle it. So I don't lose my mind anymore. I'm not going to lose my peace over things, things that go wrong. Lois, don't, don't freak out. I don't lose peace when, when you start 
getting nervous about she'll, she gives me little written reports about income expenses and all that kind of stuff and i'm just, she'll tell you i don't know when the last time was you saw me stressing out it's been years and years and years and i know it irritates her because she's just like you know she she gets nervous but the thing of it is is i know if god is if it's right here god's saying watch me watch me watch me and so i don't ever even personally i don't ever because i understand if god's allowing me to endure it he's saying i'm going to allow this to get to you because i've allowed it to pass through me in other words god says i've got a plan are you hearing what i'm telling you god has a plan so you are and i are sheltered by the shepherd thank you jesus think about it this way i've probably used the analogy before ships don't sink because they pass through the water but ships only sink when the water passes through them that same thing is true with you. The only way you and I start sinking, how many of you know that sometimes we have trouble in our mind? I, I've been there where, where I'm struggling and I'm depressed or I lost my joy or you and I allow what's going on around us to get in us and because we do, that's when we start going down. Anytime someone comes to me for counseling and they're like, Pastor, I need help or Pastor, I'm losing my mind or I'm really depressed or I'm anxious about this or I have no joy or they're, they're caught up in some sort of addiction, I try to find out what is it that got in them that doesn't belong in them. And the minute you and I can identify that, then you can start patching it up so you can get that thing out and keep them afloat. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? So ships are able to float because they may be in the water, but the water's not in them. The moment that you and I start sinking, you need to start looking and identifying in your life, what is it that was around me that now is in me? What crazy was around me that now I've allowed to get in me? Hallelujah. What, what is it? And so you and I need to be able to be, begin to identify that because, see, not everything is about what God needs to do. There is some effort on my part that I've got to be able to say, God, I allowed something to get in me that doesn't belong in me that's causing me to go down. The enemy wants to try to destroy you. That's why the Bible says he, he, the enemy comes but to steal, kill, and to destroy. How is he going to do that if he can get something that's on the outside? Outside, inside you because the enemy tries to destroy you from the inside out the enemy does not want to 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 bite at your heels and cause external circumstances to take you down no he he, he tries to get into your mind haven't you noticed how many people are struggling in our minds we're depressed we're full of anxiety we're we're all, all kinds of emotions that are happening in our world today it's because the enemy is is using things to get inside you to attack your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? So most of the stuff that we see plastered on the news is an attack of the enemy trying to disrupt your peace. And if he can disrupt your peace, uh, 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 that's how he gets you. That's how he begins to take you down. That's how he begins to, to bring you to a place of defeat because something that was outside got inside. Hallelujah. So it's not what's going on around you that's, that, that's giving you trouble. It's what's going on inside of you that's going to give you and I trouble. That's what you and I have to pay attention to. When I start getting irritable, it's a sign something's getting in. There's a leak somewhere. Right? You got to find the leak. The moment I start feeling a little edgy and, and snapping at people, I'm like, uh-huh, there's a leak it's not just Lois is irritating me. It, there's a leak somewhere, right? It, 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 it's not that. If I woke up in an irritable mood, there was a leak. I got to spot the leak. What is it that I'm allowing seeping into my soul? 
who is it? What is it? What circumstance am I starting to try to manage and control on my own when, when I need to remember I'm sheltered by the shepherd? Hallelujah. And so if it got to me, it had to pass through him, which means he has me covered. I don't need to lose my peace and lose my mind over this. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God wants you and I to be able to operate from a still place. That's what he's saying in Psalms 23. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Still waters. He leads me beside the still waters. You, you and I can't ever have still waters until you release and let go of many, all the many things that are distracting you and invading your space. Did you just hear what I said? You cannot have enjoy the still waters of life. Me and uh, Art were kind of just talking about that. How the life that we live in. How many of you ever go to bed and you feel like you didn't? There weren't enough hours in the day. Technology tried to make things easier and faster, and I don't know about you, but I feel like more unproductive now than I ever have. And yet everything's faster and quicker and all of those things. It's, it's ridiculous. But yet in the midst of it, I can feel unproductive. But you and God, what God wants you and I to be able to do is maintain peace and maintain that, that he leads us beside the still waters. That's him saying, I want you to be able to maintain a position of peace even in the midst of chaos all around you. Even in the midst of chaos where, where, where everything seems to be wrong. Now, I want you to understand a couple things about Psalms 23. And about the author, David, all right? David is, is not the preferred son of Jesse, right? How many remember that? He wasn't the, the son that they, they, they tried to choose from the beginning to be king. None of those things. He, he actually was the one that was ignored. And the Bible said that David was a shepherd boy. But yet David was a shepherd boy, but he had a destiny, destiny that was locked inside of him. But at the moment when, when we were reading this text, David is surrounded by mediocrity. His life is pretty mediocre, right? He's just a shepherd out in the middle of the field, singing all by himself. He was kind of a peculiar guy. How many have ever known some weird people? What we would classify weird. That's kind of what David was. He was strange. He didn't necessarily fit in. See, it's okay sometimes to not fit in. God will use you anyway. Hallelujah. See, a lot of times, sometimes we feel like a mediocre person or sometimes some of us might feel weird, but that's where you and I need to realize that, that, that it's, not, it's not a bad thing. That, that's how God shows you that you have greatness locked up on the inside of you. Are you hearing me? You and I need to be able to look around in our life, and when we think someone is just weird, or some people think I'm weird, but when people think that, it's, it's the greatness of God that is locked up on the inside of you, right? See, people could call me weird or some freak or fanatic, but what they don't know is it's the greatness of God locked up inside of me. That's why you need to start looking at yourself differently. You might not be accepted by everybody. You don't need to be accepted by everybody. You have greatness locked up on the inside of you. Hallelujah. That's the reason you don't always fit in. There is greatness. How many of you know not everybody can handle greatness? Right? Not everybody can handle great people around them. And so that's why you get rejected by people. Don't, don't think it's strange. Don't, so what? You don't have a long list of close friends. So, so what? You don't have a lot of people who want to talk to you. There is greatness on the inside of you. That's how you can know that God wants to use you. Oh, I'm a little weird. Right? I, I know God wants to use me because I'm a little weird. All right? The way my brain works is, is a little weird. It's not normal compared to most of the society, all right? And so that's how you can identify it. David was a peculiar kind of guy, right? He liked hanging out in the middle of the field with nobody but sheep. Weird, right? Maybe just a little, especially for our society. They would see him singing and dancing in the middle of the field, nobody around, just, just some sheep. 
Kind of weird, right? Singing songs, writing songs, writing poetry, right? And yet he was totally comfortable with that. He was kind of a rugged guy. It's something that you and I would classify perhaps as weird. But you need to understand something. Anytime the rest of the world is calling someone weird or peculiar or strange, that is God saying there is greatness on the inside of them. God wants to use what's in them and bring it out of them. Hallelujah. So right there should give you and I some peace. And whatever it is that we're enduring, that there's greatness on the inside of us. It means that you're not mediocre it means I'm not like everybody else hallelujah it means uh, it, it means that sometimes what that means if there's greatness inside of you it means that you are tormented with what uh, other people are satisfied with it means it means some people are just okay with a certain job but you're tormented like I gotta have something else Right? Or I gotta have another house. Or I gotta do something better. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? So you get tormented by what other people are just okay with. I've worked with people like that. Where they're just okay at the bare minimum, bottom of the ladder. They, they don't care. Every job I ever had, I just kept, you know, like this. Like, what's wrong with you? Because I ain't satisfied there. You know? I'm gonna, I'm gonna own this place. Right? If I'm working here, I'm gonna own it. I'm gonna be the boss. Right? That's how that's gonna work. Right? Hallelujah. Years ago, I worked at a grocery store. I started out as a bag boy. By the time I left there, I was running the whole front end of that store and counting the money and making the deposits. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? I was a bag boy, right? Because that's my mentality. I don't settle for mediocrity, all right? The same thing is true in every facet of life, right? That's, so I'm not mediocre. I'm kind of a strange guy. That's how you can identify there's greatness in you, that you're not satisfied with something mediocre. If you're always tinkering and tr always trying to improve something yourself, the place you live, the car you drive, the shoes you wear. So somebody said to me the other day, how many pair of shoes do you have? I don't know. I just keep them clean. They might look new, but trust me, they're, they're, you, know, you, you don't see. I'm just trying to keep them going, all right, because I'm, I'm trying to get to the next thing. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? I'm, I'm trying to use what God has given. I, I'm not worldly or materialistic, any of those things, right? I, I just take care of what God gives and what he blesses. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? Because I'm not satisfied with mediocrity. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. David was not that preferred son. And so when God knows, or when, when the enemy knows that God is going to use you and I in a mighty way, he does everything that he can to upset your life. See, the enemy does not fight anyone that isn't destined to go somewhere. How many of you have ever just felt like everything you've ever experienced is a fight? My, 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 my. I mean, I grew up that way. From the time I was a baby, my mom will tell you, I, I got sick and almost died. Got older, got sick. You know, it was terribly sick, right? Then, then I get uh, a little bit older and seeing Dr. Anderson Morgantown. I had a heart condition then. I thought, Lord, have mercy. Then I had back surgeries and I had a heart attack. Then I had all of these things that went wrong in my life. Everything I've ever tried to do was adversity. Every church plan I ever did was adversity. Every business I was a part of was always adversity. Every relationship I ever had, my God. None of them ever went easy. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some of you look at me like you've had the perfect relationship. I need to get to know you. Tell me the secrets of life. Hallelujah. Harley can't say it, but his marriage has been adversity. Glory to God. <laughs> David can't shout amen, but his marriage has been adversity. Glory to God. 
Listen, some of us, we have lived this life and everything we have tried to do, everything we have ever tried to do in this life was we have been faced with adversity. Everything was a fight. But I, I want to point out to you, when I read Psalms 23, and we'll get to the fullness of this chapter next Sunday, but the reason David writes this is because he understands that everything in his life has been a fight and everything that's coming in his life was gonna be a fight too. The way that you can identify that there's something more on the inside of you, that this should be hope for somebody. The reason you cannot give up is that the very evidence that you have had to fight in every capacity of your life, the reason I know that there's greatness in you is because you've had to fight for everything that you had. Everything that you've lost, every, every inch that you've ever gained, you've had to fight for it. Every relationship you've tried to cling on to, every, every dollar that you've tried to hold on to, it's been a fight. See, it's not a sign. Just because you're fighting in life, I know many people try to tell you that makes you weak. No, it doesn't. It makes you strong. It does not make you weak because you've had to fight for things. I mean, you look at some people and you're like, man, they got life easy. Right? It looks like they don't have to fight for anything, but it's because there was greatness in you. I've had to fight for things because I, I can take something that looks insignificant and turn it into something great. Right? God's gifted you and I that way. He's gifted our ability. People are still amazed at all that our church does and all that we do for our community. We're like the shock to the, the whole city, the whole county. Everybody looks at us, right? When, when I get to go to Cornerstone to be there, everybody's shocked at all the things that our church is able to do, right? And it's not just because of who God is, yes, but it's also how God has gifted you and I to take a little and make much with it. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? How God has equipped you and I to be fighters. I mean, we don't give up easy. We don't give up with a little bit of adversity, but there's greatness on the inside of us. And we know how to identify our greatness and use it for the benefit of his kingdom and his glory. So let me tell you, if you're fighting right now in life just to keep your head above water, it's not because you're going down. It's because there is greatness on the inside of you that God wants to use for his glory and for you to be an overcomer. Or you, you are already an overcomer. The whole reason you're a fighter is because you are an overcomer. The whole reason you're, you're sometimes fighting, I, I felt like that. I felt like I have to fight to just keep my head above water and to even breathe. And yet and it wasn't until I realized, Adam, there is something on the inside of you that God is trying to get out of you. And if you can let God bring that out of you, if you'll say, God, I'm going to let you get whatever this thing is. I don't know what it is. I'm going to let you get it out of me. Then you'll realize that there is greatness on the inside of you. David began to realize that there was something more on the inside of you on the inside of him. He began to realize that that's why he was acting peculiar and strange in the middle of the field, dancing and singing and writing poetry, right? With all with the sheep. And it may have been something peculiar, but, but even as life was going wrong and he was being overlooked by his brothers and even his own father, Jesse, and when they came looking for a king, amen, there was something that God was growing up on the inside of him to be great. There was something more that God wanted to do in the midst of him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There, meaning there's something more that God wants to do on the inside of you and I. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. There's more. There's more. In other words, the life you were living is not all. What you were, the, the life that you are living right now, it doesn't end like this. Somebody hearing what I'm telling you. 
I'm saying however small and insignificant life looks right, right now, it's not the end. This is not the final chapter. I don't care what somebody lied and told you. I don't care if people said this is all you will ever be. This is, uh, this is who you always were. It's who you always will be. That is not true. That is a lie. This is not the last chapter of the book. God is about to change the story. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? The, the story of David looked like he would always just be a shepherd boy out in the middle of the field caring for sheep and taking care of them and guarding them but 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 God had a bigger plan there was some greatness on the inside of him that God wanted to get out of him thank you Jesus meaning there is greatness that is on the inside of you you can identify that if you can if you can begin to understand you are sheltered by the shepherd he has you covered hallelujah hallelujah See, nobody really thought while they saw a peculiar boy out in the middle of the field acting strange that 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 God would make a king out of that little shepherd boy right Nobody ever looked at him and thought that he's king material. Let me put that another way. Most people would look at you and I and think that God could never do in you what God wants to do in you. But thank God it's not up to them. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? Thank God what God wants to do in you is not up to people. I'm, I'm preaching this for somebody in this place today. I don't know why. Thank God that whatever God wants to accomplish in you is not up to the people around you and in your circle. Thank God what he wants to accomplish in you isn't up to your family or up to your friends or up to the people on Facebook. They can say whatever they want, but it ain't up to them. That's why I don't get it bent out of shape when people complain about us, it, whether it's because of traffic or something that we cause or a problem or a church service or they just don't like what I wore, right? Because it's not up to them in the end. Hallelujah. That's how you need to begin to look at people who don't agree with you. Thank God it ain't up to them. Thank God I can turn them off and ignore their comment and, and lower their voice. I don't have to look on social media to see whether people agree or not because it's not up to them. There's greatness on the, on the inside of you and I. It's up to him because I am sheltered by the shepherd. I'm not sheltered by people. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? I'm not sheltered by people. I'm, I'm sheltered by the shepherd. And so I, 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 I'm not concerned with what people can do or what people will say. That's the kind of attitude you need to have. If you have been concerned and worry about and you're one of those people that fret over what people think, stop it. Don't, don't let, allow your peace to be taken because of what people think of you or say about you or if they don't like your dress or if they don't like your shorts. I don't care. People sometimes don't like what I wear. They don't like when the preacher wears a pair of holy jeans. I don't care. They're my jeans, all right? They're not your jeans. They may not like my cute white sneakers, but they're my cute white sneakers. Are you hearing what I'm telling me? Because it ain't up to, I'm sheltered by the shepherd. People's opinions of me don't matter. You need to get to the place where you realize that you are God's and he is yours. Amen. He has you covered. So what people think of you is none of your business. Amen. Hallelujah. It's none of your business. I don't concern myself with it. I don't have time for it. Do you know if I started worrying about everything that everybody said about me, didn't like about me all, and there's a lot of things, right? There's a lot of things I don't like about people. But again, it's none of my, if I started worrying about that, I couldn't get anything else done because my mind would race about their, what, their, what their thoughts and their opinions were of me. Whether they like the message Sunday, whether the trolls on Facebook or what they're commenting about me today. If I started occupying my mind with all of that stuff, I wouldn't have the, the mind and the headspace to be able to plan a food distribution to get vision for a clothing bank, to, to figure out, okay, how are we going to uh, finance the next project? How are we going to do the next thing, right? I wouldn't have a mind to be able to do any of those things because it would be all caught up in what people think of me. How many of you know what I'm talking about where your mind starts just circling about what someone said about you or what their, or what their argument was about you? 
I mean, I've had fights with people, you, you know, like not, not piss fights. Well, I've had some of those, but, but I mean, arguments, I should say. How many of you have ever had an argument with somebody, especially like whether maybe it's political, maybe it's something like that, you know, and you get into heat and then you leave that fight. And for the next couple hours, it's all you think about. You think about what you could have said, what you should have said. I'm one of those like, oh, I could have got him if I'd have said. I know what it would have made her shut her mouth. I should have just. I'm one of those. It, I, I allow it to circulate. I mean, it's just like a merry-go-round in my mind. That's why I had to get to the point and realize that what people think or what their opinions are or whether I don't agree, it's none of my business. That I'm sheltered by the shepherd, meaning uh, my, my, my mind is a place of peace. It has to be for me to be able to have victory in life, for me to be able to do and accomplish what God has called me to be able to do. I have to make sure that my mind is a place of peace and not a battlefield, right? The, ba- the mind is where the battlefield is. Where the enemy is trying to trip you and I up is in our mind, right? There, there was a book Joyce Meyer wrote years ago, right? It was, it was a great book years ago. A lot of things she teaches now I'm not such a fan of. Uh, I'm just going to tell you. But a lot of the things, she, well, there was one of the books she wrote that I thought, man, this is powerful. It's called Battlefield of the Mind. And man, was it good. How to maintain peace in your mind and realizing it, the enemy wants it to be a battleground. It wants you to be at a, the enemy wants it to be a place where you don't have any consistent, steady thoughts. Because the Bible says it is with the mind that we serve the Lord. And so the one place the enemy tries to disrupt is in our mind. The one place he wants to get into is your mind. Disrupt your thoughts, cause you and I to be angry and bitter and and full of rage and anger and all of those things. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? And so the enemy tries to get in your mind. How does he do that? By disrupting your peace. By using people to get into you through just a little crack. I mean, there are some people in your life, they know how to push your buttons. There are some people that know me well enough that I'll get him. I know what will set him off. Right? My mom knows how to set me off. She knows the one thing that she can say, and it'll just light a fire in me, right? That's why she works with me every day in the office. She, she likes to set, push the button. She'll be like, hey, Lois, you want to watch a, like a nuclear explosion? Your spouse knows that, right? Please, I, I bet Josh knows the one thing that'll make April just... Right? And vice versa, right? And the enemy will use us, if we're not careful, to get in the crevices of people's life to, to sneak a leak through and, and begin to infiltrate our mind and, 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 and overcome us with thoughts, overcome us to where we lose our peace. We lose the, the peace that God gives us. Hallelujah. The peace that he wants you and I to maintain in this life. Hallelujah. The enemy tries to get into our mind. Watch this because the enemy wants to limit your vision to your situation. Wow. That's because let me tell you something. I don't allow my situation to determine where I'm going. How many have heard I, I, I prophesy all kinds of big things over my life? What the Bible has declared. I don't prophesy material things. I prophesy what the word of God declares when he calls me blessed and highly favored. That's why whatever I walk into, I know the outcome before the meeting even begins. Oh, because he said I'm highly favored. That's not me being cocky or having an ego. That's me knowing I'm sheltered by the shepherd. When I walked into a meeting with the, with the what do you call those people that we joined up with? Uh, huh? 
Yeah, the chamber. When I walked into a meeting over at Head Start to the Career Link, I knew the outcome of the meeting before I ever got there. I, I didn't need them to know my name. I didn't even need to tell much about the program because I thought I'm sheltered by the, it's already mine. That's why I gave the word I gave to you last week, April. If you got a hold of this word that you are sheltered by the shepherd, it's just yours. That, that promotion that I see, it's just yours. It's just, you're just going to walk right into it. Why? Because when you and I can understand that, I walk into that, when, when, we, when we, I've had to approach the bank for things, I don't walk in fearful that, no, it's mine. It's mine. You don't even know it. It's not even going to make sense to them why they're going to give me money, but they're going to give it to me. Because the Bible says, that, right, that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. Are you hearing me? And I believe that to be true. I don't take the word of God to be, I should believe some things and not other things. I believe all of it for my life. And so when he says the wealth of the wicked, I'm going to take your money and your money is coming for the work of the kingdom. Are you here? We're going to feed the hungry and clothe the poor. That's what I'm talking about. That's what his Bible declares. All right. I'm not going to beg God's people who don't, who maybe don't have money to give money that they don't have. I'm going to believe that God, when he says he's going to cause the wicked's money to be given to the work of the kingdom, I'm going to believe that. So when I go to the bank, they're going to say, yes, pastor, how much do you want? Well, let me just tell you. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? I believe that. I believe that in my personal life. I've had people who don't like me bless me. I was somewhere this week and they don't like me. They left the church, hallelujah. I made them mad. Uh, let me put it, I made his new wife mad. She couldn't stand it anymore. She thought, I just can't live in the shadow of the ex-wife. They, so they left the ministry and guess what? They had to bless me. Because I walked in knowing right? That the Lord of God declares he'll cause your enemies to bless you. So they may have left mad, but guess what? They had to bless me. Why? Because the word says, I just thought to myself, God, you are, you are cracking up in heaven right now. I know you are. I know you're sitting on the edge of your couch, just like belly laughing right now. I see Adam. I told you I'd make your enemies bless you. They don't even like you, but they had to bless you because I said it over your life. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? See, that's why I don't worry about what enemies say, because I know eventually someday they're going to have to bless me. Everybody that ever said anything bad about you is going to have to bless you. Think about that. They're going to be giving you something. They're going to be helping you in some way. They don't even like you, and they're going to help you. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? That's what the Bible, and I have seen it over and over and over again. Our ministry has been the recipient of people who don't even like us. People don't, I, we had people in our first building when we, we had mismatched chairs. How many, Lois might remember those chairs. We had old bar stools and we had uh, black leather chairs that were held together with duct tape over here. And then over here was some metal chairs. And then back there was another, I mean, it was a wreck because we, we were in an old bar. We took the old bar and made it to church. We didn't have nothing. I had a church who didn't believe like we did. I won't say the denomination, but let's just say they're a little uptight and they don't believe in Pentecost. They don't believe in speaking. None of this. This woman calls me, but don't even like me. My dad pastored for them years ago. All right. And they voted him out of the church because the Holy Ghost started moving. And so they thought we were like of the devil or something. This woman calls me up. She said, I see you playing in church. You all have chairs. I said, well, we have them. She said, we're going to bless you. We, we have uh, we, we replaced all the chairs and the stuff in our church. She said, now they're ugly. They're orange, but we have them. They're yours. I didn't care that they were orange colored cloth. Thing. Those things were heavy. I mean, they were made like nothing you had ever seen. Wooden chairs, wooden frame chairs. They were comfortable, too. They were just ugly. All right. 
how many you know he'll make your enemies to bless you? I mean, when I was eight years old, they voted our family out of the church. I had just, the, whole, the Holy Spirit had just anointed me to play the piano. I mean, he anointed me. I didn't take, I, I didn't know how to play the piano. The Holy Spirit just said, if you hear it, play it. So I started, well, that's how I learned to play. Listen to me. So they voted us out because I started playing the piano. I was leading worship at eight years old. We had a pianist, and when she couldn't be there, my dad was just stuck. There's nothing worse than when you're trying to have worship a cappella. I mean, any preacher will tell you it's awful. Even today, we didn't have drums. It's, it's a struggle, right? It's different. You all can say amen. It's all right. All right, so, so in other words, somebody needs to learn how to play some drums around here. And so, uh, so watch this. So, so I was eight years old. I started playing the piano. People started clapping their hands in a church. They didn't believe in that. People started getting baptized in the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. They didn't believe in that. And so they're like, hey, preacher, you better cut this. He said, it's not me. The Holy Spirit's moving. And that's the truth. I can't make somebody do that. Anyway, they got mad. The Holy Spirit started moving. People were getting hungry. They, they said, pastor, you got to go. So they kicked him out. We left all of those things. They didn't like us very much. It was the same church that said, we're going to pay somebody $1,000 to tar and feather that preacher. Absolutely, right? I and mean, they, they ran us out of town, like pitchforks and all. Like, we're coming for you, right? Because the Holy Spirit was moving. This is a true story. I mean, I could spit and hit the church. That's how close it is. And, but nonetheless, listen to me. They didn't like us very much. And here it is years later when God said, it took some time, but God said, I'll cause your enemies to bless you. The, the very woman that didn't like me leading worship and playing the piano called me up and said, hey, been some time. Boy, you really grew up. I said, yeah, I did. She said, I see you guys are doing great things. Can you use each? I said, sure. They brought him down. They carried him in the church. I mean, we didn't do nothing. They did it all. They blessed us. Are you hearing me? It may seem insignificant to some of you, but we were in need. We didn't even have enough chairs to go around. We had people standing for worship. Our whole sanctuary was filled. They were standing out in the hallway, and out there, there was no standing room. They were sitting on the little, the little sand thing that they used to put the cigarettes in just to have a seat because there was no place to sit. So we needed chairs and we needed them badly. And, and, and God said, I'll cause your enemies to bless you. It took some years, but they had to bless me. I could tell you story after story after story of how that has happened, not just here for the church, but it's happened in my life. Why? Because I understand I am sheltered by the shepherd, that, that they can say anything they want, they can have any opinion they want, but there will come a time where God will bring them back around and they will have to bless you, they will have to bless me, God will use them to give back to you whatever was stolen, God will use them to bless you and give you exactly what they tried to take away from you by what they said. Are you hearing what? That's why I'm saying you are sheltered by the shepherd. You need to know that God is, goes before you. He is a mighty fortress. That's why the Bible says a mighty fortress is our God. I'm sheltered. I'm covered by him. So in other words, what people do to you, what the enemy is trying to do to you, it will have no effect because you are sheltered by them. If, if God allowed it to come into your life, it first had to pass through his hands. Meaning, meaning it's not going to have the effect that you think it will. People and the devil want you to think that what is you're dealing with right now is going to be some atomic bomb. No, it won't. No, it won't. I'm not telling you to, to, to deny facts. I'm telling you to believe truth. And the truth is that I'm sheltered by the shepherd. That's why David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. In other words, he's going to provide everything that I'll ever stand in need of. Everything I'll ever be in need of, I shall not want. Oh, my God. There, there's not a thing in my life. I live my, my entire life is faith-based. 
everything about me. Lois is the only one that I can probably think of right now that has a better understanding that when I live by faith, I, li- I don't just cause to lead this church by faith, but my personal life is a life by faith. I live by faith. When I go to get a car, they're like, you are crazy. What, what income do you have? I said, I don't, but you're going to give it to me anyway. It's faith-based. I'm telling you, there's not an income for them to give me a loan. They're crazy. I don't take salaries. The reason I'm saying that, are you hearing what I'm telling you? You try to go apply for a loan and you can't show salary because you don't take one. They're like, I said, I know, but I'm, I'm a, I have favor. Go, go, go try to buy a car at Ford and tell, mention my name on the That guy is crazy. But you know, we got him in a, in a Ford, Ford Fusion anyhow. Why? Because I had favor. Right? I had favor. I'm telling you, it's the craziest thing because I believe the word of God. I, 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 I make salesmen every time think they just shake their head. I don't understand. I've never seen anything like it. My dentist has said the same thing. My doctor has said the same thing. I've never seen it because I live my life based on what the word of God says. I, I am sheltered by the shepherd. So even though something is bubbling up in my life, I, am, I know that I'm protected by him. It will dissipate. When, 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 when I, I testified to this all the time. When I was life-flighted for a heart attack, taken in, and they took my clothes off me, and they're like, he has had a massive heart attack. By the next morning, they said, we don't understand it. Right. There's no damage. There's no need for a stent. You can go home. I said, what do you mean? I, I, you can walk. I walked out of that, that hospital 24 hours after having a heart attack and being life lighted in. Why? Because I'm sheltered by the shepherd. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? Time and time again in my life. I, I'll never forget. I mean, the church, they were praying. I mean, people thought I was dying. At one point, the rumor was that I had died and they had to bring me back. That wasn't true. Why? Because I'm sheltered by the shepherd. Over and over again. I could give you testimony after testimony that something was released into my life, but it didn't manifest. Right? When it looked like I might have to declare bankruptcy. Nope, I didn't have to. I'm sheltered by the shepherd. When it looked like a thousand times this church was never going to make it. Statistically, you know, like over 85% of churches who start never make it through the first year. We, I had every church plan I've ever been a part of. We'd ev- we defied every statistic. Why? Because it's faith-based entirely. We, if I'm going to believe the word of God, I'm going to believe all of it. I understand I'm sheltered by the shepherd. When there was the collapse of 2008, right, the economic collapse, and I mean, it was bad. Some of y'all remember that, right? I mean, the economy went bad when we were getting into a new presidency and all of that. It was bad. The church was never affected by it. Never affected. It was the biggest year of giving ever. We had the most success in that year while the world was collapsing. Why? Because we believe in the word of God. I believe that I am sheltered by the shepherd. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? Hallelujah. In other words, let me put it to you this way. Your situation may not be an indicator of what God is going to do in your life. See, a lot of times we look at what's going on in our life and we want to determine that it's an indicator of what God wants to do. No, I've learned that often what's happening in my life is in direct contradiction to what God is really going to do. So in other words, it might, there might be an area of your life right now that looks absolutely impossible and terrible. Don't let that, don't try to believe that that's an indicator of what your life is going to be. No, that is a lie. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? I never believe the things that are right in front of my face. That has nothing to do with God, what God wants to do in my life. God always wants to do something that is contradictory to what is happening in my life. My situation and circumstance can, can, can be in direct contradiction of what God is going to do in my life, and it is still God. Right? I, I can be experiencing something that is catastrophic and terrible, but I know that I am sheltered by the shepherd. Some people get... get 
sort of get an, an idea from me sometimes that I don't have compassion or that I don't care. No, it's just a peace. You will rarely see me freaking out and losing my peace over it. Even when mom went to the hospital last, last Sunday, there was just a peace. I didn't even drop real quick and run to the hospital. I went home, I changed, I ate a little bit, and then I went to the hospital because I had a peace. Mom probably thought, my son doesn't even love me. He don't care. I got there, all right, but I didn't rush and run because I had a peace. There was a, a peace. Like, this is all going to be cool. It's good. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? But my life I was living was in direct contradiction to what I was experiencing. But I didn't believe what was happening. I didn't have to believe, oh, it should we take my ambulance? Oh, it's serious. I know I believed the peace because I'm sheltered by the shepherd. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I don't live my life based on external circumstances. That's what David was saying. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He's saying I'm going to trust in what, who my shepherd is, who is the Lord over the life I'm living. Let me explain it this way. David is a shepherd boy in the middle of the field, dancing, writing poetry, singing a peculiar kind of strange dude. And yet God all the while says, I'm going to do something in your life that is a complete contradiction. That I'm going to make you a king. In other words, I don't care what it is you don't have in your life right now that you desperately think you need or that you want. The Lord says, I don't need anything that is in your life to cause you to be great. He just needs whatever's on the inside of you to be able to bring it out of you. Or someone hearing what I'm saying? In other words, don't believe what you are seeing with your natural eye. You need to believe what the Word of God is saying over your life. What, what, his, what the Bible says over you. What He's declaring over you. That, that your, 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 your mind has perfect peace. That's why when the Bible says that by his stripes you and I are healed, I don't believe a diagnosis when the doctor gives it because by his stripes I am healed. I'm healed already. Before I ever got to the ER last Sunday, I knew by his stripes she is healed. Whatever this is, mom is healed. Total restoration. No long-lasting damage. Are you hearing me? And I don't just do that over mom. Every time something happens with someone in our church, I believe the word of God over what they doctors may say. I believe the word of God over anything else because I know that you and I are sheltered by the shepherd. Sheltered by the shepherd. He goes before you. He and I, he has you and I covered beyond anything else. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise your mighty God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm sheltered by the shepherd. Sheltered by the shepherd. Now, the reason, I, I, I'm not going to preach much longer. Watch this. I, I at least need to be able to complete verse 1 of chapter 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The reason David, the reason God reveals himself to David in the way he does, for David to say, the Lord is my shepherd, David knows what it is to be a shepherd. So God revealed himself to David in something he could understand. All right. God said, I am, I am with you to David. God said, I am, I am to you what you are to the sheep. So David writes in Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not want. Not, I'm not going to try to want, or I hope I don't want. 
In other words, when, when David says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, what he means right there is I'm not worried. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He means I'm not worried because I know who is the shepherd over my life. Let me explain it to you. If you are a shepherd to a flock of sheep, the sheep don't have to panic as long as you are in the midst. Because if anything tries to come harm them, you're going to deal with it, right? The same thing is true to you and I. God wants you and I to understand you and I don't have to worry in this life if you and I can understand and just simply embrace the fact the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, I'm not going to worry. Do you know how many of us lose sleep and we have to take medication and we have to take pills at night to go to sleep because we're worried? <sighs> I'm not judging you. I'm just saying we're going we're gonna to tap into the peace of God where you don't have to take that kind of stuff just to get fall asleep at night. You're going to be able to say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I'm not worried. I'm not worried about what's going to come my way. Hallelujah. I'm not worried. See, that, that's what stops me from being desperate for people's support is I don't worry. That, that's why I said I don't worry about circumstances and situations when they go wrong. When I see all the things that are happening in our nation, I'm not worried because I'm sheltered by the shepherd. I know they're predicting a big economic collapse, but I'm not worried because I'm sheltered by the shepherd. All right? You, you and I don't need to worry about any of the things that oftentimes we hear about because we're sheltered by the shepherd. I believe in the word of God far beyond I do any news report. Hallelujah. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Let me say this about what, what David's saying. David's acknowledging that sometimes you and I are self-saboteurs, not resting in the green places God gives. Meaning sometimes we sabotage our own selves by where we let our mind go, by where we let our life go. Sometimes because of what we've went through in life, we don't allow ourselves to enjoy and appreciate the green places of life. Art and I were talking earlier just about how busy the life in the world is. I mentioned it earlier. And that if I'm not careful, I'm sort of a workaholic. If I'm not careful, I, I, even when I've gone away on vacation, I feel guilty because I'm sitting by the beach. Because I feel like because of everything I've gone through, there's all the things I could be doing if I wouldn't be sitting there with my feet propped up listening to the waves crash against the shore. And yet God had to teach me, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. In other words, God says, I want you to be able to enjoy and appreciate the green places of life, the places where there is peace. Some of us know what it was to grow up in such chaos and turmoil that when there's not chaos and turmoil, we almost feel like we have to create it. Does anybody ever know what I'm talking about? Like a drama queen or something like that? We, we, that's what we call them now, a drama queen. They just make drama wherever they go. Don't judge them. They just been through a life that you'll never comprehend. And so the only way they feel normal is if there's trouble all around them. And that's just some kind of fight going on. That's sort of how I am. I only feel normal if I'm in the midst of a fight because I've had to fight all my life. Fight for money, fight for uh, uh, some relationship, fight in life, fight for a promotion, fight family, fight whatever, right? 
And so God had to get me to a place. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. God wants to get you and I to a place where he says, I want you to enjoy the things I blessed you with in your life. In other words, sometimes you and I will have a cute front porch and you never sit on it. Or he blesses you a vehicle that I know you may not be pleased with, but you just don't take the time to enjoy it. Or, 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 or you have a, a cool, relaxing chair to sit on. I don't care. It doesn't have to even be pretty or beautiful. Or but there are things God blessed you and I with. Watch this. God started being able to bless me with a different car and this and that and a different house and that when I could appreciate what I had in the moment. Meaning I wasn't coveting something else. I just started enjoying what I had right now. When I had rust holes in my car, I could see the outside. When I could see the road passing underneath me through the four boards, I used to like be like, well, I don't care about this car, I'll just trash it. And then the Lord said to me, Adam, you need to enjoy the green pasture. That thing don't cost you nothing. You don't have no payment, you enjoy it. When I started embracing, I started spit shining that car. It had more rust on it than it did anything else. Lois might remember that old Grand Prix. I mean, it had more rust on it than it did good paint. But the Lord told me, he convicted me of it. He said, I want you to enjoy the green pasture. Because I didn't see it for what it was. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? I began to enjoy that and the Lord blessed me. With another, some new Dodge something or other. It was a nice car. And then God improved me. When I, when I blessed and took care of that, God says, I bless you with this. Then I bless you with another one. Listen to me. Because I learned to appreciate the green pasture in whatever way it shows up. Sometimes your green pasture shows up in a porch on your, a chair on your front porch. Maybe it's in the bathtub that you get to soak in and just escape from the day. Maybe your green pasture is someone in your life that's just a refuge for you that you can be real with. I appreciate other people in my life that I can sit down and have a cup of coffee with and I don't have to be a pastor. I can just be real and be like, I'm on the verge of losing my mind, but I got my peace. See, that's a green pasture for me. Maybe your green pasture is just sitting down when the kids go to bed and everything else is quiet and you're just sitting there watching some goofy show. I don't know. My point is, as the, the, David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. My point is that there are some green pastures that God has put in your life that you're missing. It's a place of peace. It's something that God meant for you to enjoy. And God wants you to enjoy it. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? It, it's, it's a place, a patio outside. I don't know what it is. I, I know this, though. I'm preaching to somebody right now in this place where you have felt like you were on the verge of losing your mind, like everything's chaotic, like nobody understands you, and God wants you to be able to just sort of get centered with Him again. And He says you're going to get centered with Him and be able to connect and tap into a peace that other people won't understand. If you can learn to endure and experience what it is to take advantage of the green places. He makes me to lie down. God has caused such chaos in your life to force you to a place where you can lay back and enjoy what he's blessed you with. I don't care if your car isn't nice. Sit back and drive that like a boss. I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you, when God gave me that revelation years ago, I pulled into church like I was driving in a, in, a, in a Cadillac Escalade. You know, one of those big, fancy $90,000 things. I ain't got one. I haven't seen one yet. Maybe one day. I don't know. God gave me that revelation. I said, Lord, I'm going to enjoy the green place. 
I'm driving this. I ain't got no payment on it. Mm-hmm. I drove in there, parked in the sign, the, the, the little spot that was for pastors parking only. And I just thought, thank you, Jesus. This is my green place. It ain't costing me no money. I vacuumed that up. I armor all the stuff. I'm like, mm, this is my green place. I'm going to enjoy it. It might not look pretty, but it's my green place. I went home to my little apartment and, and everybody else in the church has got a fancy house and a front porch and all those little things. And me and my dog are stuck in this little apartment or whatever, but I made it my boss. It was my, are you hearing what I'm telling you? Uh, it was mine. And I just thought, God, I'm going to make this thing. I asked the Lord, Lord, and I said, can I do some improvements on this place? He said, I, I said, I'm going to paint. I'm going to do, I said, I'm going to do things to this nasty nappy carpet you put in here. And I said, I'll pay for it. I just need to, I just need to make it. But I think it, when God did that, God says, I'm going to, I'm going to improve you. I'm going to move you out of that little place and we'll move you to something bigger. And he did. Y'all know. So God blessed me with one of the houses we purchased and, and gave me pretty hardwood floors I can see myself in. More rooms than I have need of, but he gave me a place that now I have a place for my kids to come and stay. I didn't have room for my kids. When I had custody of my kids years ago, they had to sleep together in one room in one bed. I didn't have room for them. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? But because I understood the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures because I stewarded what he gave me. Somebody needs to hear what I'm telling you. I took what little I had, what was nothing, and other people judged me. And, and, and the uh, attorneys and the judge was like, you're trying to get custody of your kids. You didn't even all have a bedroom. Yeah, but I got favor that you don't know about. And that judge gave me custody of my kids. Even Tell me what kind of sense that makes. He said, I'm going to give you custody. They don't have their own bedroom, but, but there's just something about you. I said, oh, that's the favor of God. Yeah, that's the favor of God. When she tried to take them to Texas, God said, nope, they're going to stay right here with you. Yes, they're going to sleep in the same bed. Yes, you don't have the money to go around. Yes, I know you don't know how to feed them, but stand back and watch me show up at them. Watch this. Because you know what it is to understand that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know what it is to, 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 to enjoy a green pasture. So because I stewarded what little he gave me, he said, watch this, I'm going to bless you. God has done that over and over again. The reason people don't understand how our church is blessed with this church and the church behind us and that little house and the big house and the empty lots and the school is because we know how to steward. You can say whatever, you may not like me, but I know how to steward what God gives. People think I'm fanatic because I like to see a clean church. No, I know how to steward. It might not be a brand new church, but I want it to be clean. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It might not be the best of everything, but we're going to steward what God, someone needs to get revelation that you will find peace if you will just take care of what he gave you right now and then watch the favor of God open up in your life. When you start washing a car that the neighbors think, what are they washing that for? I mean, the water's going inside because of the holes, Mm -hmm. but it's mine. Uh-huh, and it ain't going to get repoed because it's mine. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? My neighbor said the other day, what are you washing that tractor for? Before I brought it down to, to David. David was here working, and I brought the church tractor back down. I said, what do you mean? I said, because it was dusty and it was dirty. Why? Because I steward what God gave. The church didn't pay a dime for that cup cadet tractor. We didn't pay a dime. It rolled in off a trailer brand new. In fact, none of the tractors I don't think we own. We have a few of them. Have we paid a dime for? None of them. I don't think, David. None of them. We have a big Dixie chopper. It's like a $12,000 tractor for out of school. We never paid for that. Then we got another cupcake. I don't even know all the things that we've... Oh, we've got stuff that I've forgotten we've had unless I look at the inventory. Watch this. Because God says, I bless you because you steward it well. It's not about stuff. Hear me. It's not about stuff. We don't need stuff. The reason God blesses us and he continues to advance this ministry is because we know how to steward 
the secret I'm telling you, if you want to see God bless you with something more, steward what you have. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. When you can just have peace with what you have. I can live in the midst of the ghetto and I have peace. One of the neighbors said to me, how is it that you, you left that side of town to move to this side of town? Because I got peace. It don't worry me. I'm not scared. Are you here? I've got peace. No matter what I drive, no matter what I have, no matter what's with me, I have peace. And he makes me to lie down in green pastures because I, I just have peace in whatever situation I am. Hallelujah. I have peace when I got to go to court. I have peace when I got to go to the doctor. I have peace when I don't know what the outcome is going to be. I may not know what the outcome is going to be, but I know before I go through it that I have favor. Because the Lord is my shepherd. I'm preaching to somebody in this place today. That your peace is going to come when you just start embracing what you have right now. I'm not going to have peace if I get a bigger house or a newer car. That's garbage. I'm going to have peace if I enjoy what I've got right now. Let me put it another way. You'll have peace if you can enjoy who God put in your life right now. Learn to appreciate and enjoy the people that are around you right now. They're there for a reason. My God. Enjoy them. They're a green pasture. I know there are some people, they're not, they're a war zone. But you know the people in your life that are a green pasture, a place where you can go that is refuge. Appreciate them. Stay connected to them. And appreciate what you have in your life right now. The Lord is my shepherd. Why do do I know that? Because I'm sheltered by him. God is not going to let anything come into your life that's going to destroy you. God isn't trying to take you out. I I know some people preach God like he's uh, God in heaven with a big ugly stick. No, 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 no. He ain't trying to beat you down. God says, uh, uh, God says, uh, yes, he is our shepherd. And the reason he carries a staff, he'll, he'll just try to guide you with it. Bring you in alignment with him. I don't have to worry and I don't have to fear because he's the one that's in control of my life. We didn't get very far. But I I would rather take my time to give you enough revelation with this that you can leave this week and when life hits you square between the eyes, you're just chill. You just have peace. When calamity hits, that you can be like, I'm sheltered by the shepherd. I'm not going to freak out on you. April ain't going to have to scream at Josh because she's sheltered by the shepherd. We don't have to scream at our boss because I'm sheltered by the shepherd. My God. My God, my God. He's a God of peace. He's a God of refuge. Remember, whatever you're enduring right now, it's only, you're only enduring it because God left it passed through his hands to get to you. But it will not overcome you because you were covered and sheltered by him. Hallelujah. And in order for it to get through to to you, it first had to get through him first. So I'm covered. I'm good. It won't overcome me. I will overcome it in the name of Jesus. Say this with me. Say, I am sheltered by the shepherd. Say it one more time. I am sheltered by the shepherd. 
God. Say it one more time. I am sheltered by the shepherd. And I want to leave you with one challenge. Will you this week find one thing? One thing in your life that is your green pasture. One thing. The one thing that gives you peace. If it's getting out into the woods. I saw somebody. Was it You guys were in the woods yesterday. If that is you and that's where you find your. Then go. Rain and all. Put on some boots and wade the mud. I'm for real. If it is fishing. If it is sitting on your porch. If it is having a cup of coffee. Whatever it is that is your still water. Your place of peace. Find it and use it this week. It is that that God will allow you to start appreciating what you have right now. The reason I don't have the attitude I need more in this life, I have friends that always think they need more. They need a bigger house, a nicer house. They need the, the next Lamborghini. Yeah, I, I got pastors that got like stuff like that lined up in their, in their garages. And I could be envious, but I, I don't have that mentality because I know what it is to appreciate what I got. And I walk in a favor that they don't understand. Are you hearing me? Because I understand that I'm sheltered by the shepherd. Enjoy and appreciate what you have right now. He makes me to lie, lie down in green pastures. Find your green pasture. Find your place of, of peace. And don't feel guilty for taking some time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to close right there. If you, if you have been one of those people that are struggling not to just lose your mind, by the manner which I preached this morning. If you've been one of those people that it has been difficult not to become overcome with anxiety and fear and depression. Further, if you've been one of those people that it's almost been like the circumstances of, of your life have been dictating the emotional state of your life. And you were like, Pastor, I need this word. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That you need this word. You said, Pastor, yeah, I need to be able to live in more peace. And you've been struggling to live in peace. And you said, I've been struggling in that area. Would you come and stand? We're just going to pray together real quick. Not, nothing long, nothing drawn out. I just want to pray with you that God would just give you strength. That God would give you the ability just to enjoy and appreciate where you are right now. That you're not going to allow your life to dictate where God is taking you. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. Hallelujah. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Yes, 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 yes. Anybody else? Quickly, quickly. Because I want to pray. You say, I need to be able to live in more peace than I've been living. We're not trying to embarrass you. I just want to help you. As I know what it is to have someone just to pray with you. And that way I know this week, every day, when, when I pray for you, as I always do, then I'll know, Lord, extra peace, extra strength for them today. Well, don't let them get distracted by where they are for what you're going to use in them and do in them. See, yeah, peace. We're going to have peace in the midst of turmoil. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you can, just touch the shoulder of the person next to you. I know some of you can't hold hands and that. Just, just, there you go. Where's the point of contact? Good, 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 good. Good, good, good. See, we're not going to lose our peace. Isn't this awesome? There's such a peace in this place right now. You're here for this reason today. You're here for this reason. Hallelujah. Those of you that are still standing, would you just stretch your hands forward and start praying for them? Join me in prayer. Father, I thank you for your people that stretch the front of this church. God, I thank you there, there are people in this place that heard the word and they said, yes, I need that kind of peace in my life. Yes, I don't want to be overcome and, 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 and run down and, and overwhelmed by what's going on in my life, but I want that kind of peace in my life that, that whatever's going on around me won't get in me. That chaos can be going on around me, but it will not get in me. I'm going to be steadfast and immovable. That I, 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 I'm going to be like the boat in, in the ocean where the ocean doesn't get in the boat. That's me. There's no leaks. Father, I pray right now that you would seal up these people, that there would be no leaks. Lord, that if there's any broken relationships and people that are even in their life that are a leak into their life, God, I pray that you would seal it up right now in the name of Jesus. Every leaky area. God, that they're going to be like the ship in the ocean, that nothing outside of the ship is going to get in the ship, but they are going to stay the course and you are going to stay afloat. I know some of you in this place in the front, you have felt like that you are taking on water, but I'm here to tell you that you are dispelling that water right now. The reason you are here, the reason you came this morning is God needed to rid you of the water that you've been taking on. You felt like you were sinking, but you are not sinking because the Lord is your shepherd. You shall not want, you will stay afloat. You will will stay the course in this thing. I know it's felt like you didn't know what the outcome was going to be or how you will ever make it through this thing, but the Lord is your shepherd. You shall not want. I know even some people around you may have said that you, they, you will never make it. You will never come through it, or this is all you will ever be, but that is a lie. The Lord is your shepherd. You shall not want. So Father, seal up every area that they've been leaking. Lord, I pray for their mind right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, your word declares it is with the mind that they serve the Lord. So, Father, I thank you that their mind is sealed up. I pray a specific, perfect peace over their mind in the name of Jesus. Lord, in every capacity that they've been losing their mind, in every way that they've been getting angry and frustrated and depressed and irritable, God, in every way that they've been worrying, Father, I pray that they'll begin to have a peace that passes all understanding in the name of Jesus. Lord, a peace that makes them grounded. A peace that makes them grounded. A peace that people who are used to watching them get irritable and angry are going to say, what is wrong with you? Why aren't you yelling? Why aren't you acting like you usually do? Because they have a peace. Father, a peace that roots them and grounds them. Let them, let them be grounded with a peace that keeps them steady in the storm. In the name of Jesus. Now, Father, I pray strength for them for today and through this week strength as life begins to happen to them. Father, let this be the beginning of something extraordinary. Lord, let them be able to look at adversity and be able to remember this word that I am sheltered by the shepherd. It may be in the midst of my life, but it's not in me. I'm sheltered by the shepherd. What's going on around me doesn't have to get in me. So Father, I pray peace and I pay strength right now in the name of Jesus. 
do a deep work. Begin to erect a faith in them like I testified about. Lord, I pray that you would guide them to a place of still waters. Lord, allow everybody in this place to begin to identify a place and a thing that provides peace to them. Still waters, a place of peace in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And God, we give you the glory. God, we give you the praise. Lord, let this be the best and most productive week they've had in weeks and months. A week of joy, a week of peace. I declare it and I thank you for it. In the powerful and great name of Jesus Christ, we give you thanks and we give you praise. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. God bless you all. Have a beautiful week in the Lord. We're so glad you're here. Ladies, come back on Thursday for women's meeting. We hope to see you back next Sunday morning at 1030. Hallelujah. We love everybody online too. God bless you. Have a beautiful week.